0: From the Daily Wire, in a new report published on Sunday, 53-year-old registered Democrat made new allegations against Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh from his college days, allegations which come just as doubts continue to grow over the allegations made by Christine Blasey Ford. Deborah Ramirez, who studied sociology and psychology at Yale with Kavanaugh, outlined her accusations to The New Yorker after the left-wing publication contacted her, acting on a tip about a possible incident. Okay, let's unpack that first part right there. Yeah, people are, uh, people are starting to have doubts about Ford's allegations because she refuses to come forward and do anything with them. And then when she might come forward, you know, come and, and when she might come in, and participate in a Senate hearing about it, she tries to dictate the terms of that hearing.
1: That's not how that works. If you're going to make an accusation, you need to, you need to back it up. I, I also love that the New Yorker, which is the, one of the country's largest tabloids, because that's really what they've become, is a tabloid, contacted her on a potential tip. Okay. I can guess where that tip came from. (coughs) Democrats. Ramirez said that she was not politically motivated. Uh, I bet she was financially motivated,
0: though, to come forward. But that she, quote, works toward human rights, social justice, and social change.
1: So she doesn't offer anything anything productive to society.
0: In her initial conversations with the New Yorker, she was reluctant to characterize Kavanaugh's
1: role in the alleged incident with certainty. Hmm, it sounds kind of familiar. The New Yorker reports,
0: quote, after six days of carefully assessing her memories and consulting with her attorney, Ramirez said that she felt confident enough in her recollections to say that she remembers Kavanaugh had exposed himself at a drunken dormitory party I'm going to paraphrase. Thrust his junk in her face and caused her to touch it without her consent as she pushed him away. Okay. I don't mean this to sound as bad as it's probably going to sound.
1: But if you're at a drunk college party... There is a high probability some, some wasted guy is going to whip his junk out, start waving it around, and, I mean, welcome to college. Ramirez is now calling for an FBI investigation into Kavanaugh, saying, quote,
0: I would think that an FBI, an FBI investigation would be warranted. Why? What are they going to investigate? Here's the thing the Democrats don't seem to understand. The FBI investigates federal crimes. Not, not state-level crimes. Not county-level crimes. Municipal-level crimes. Federal crimes. And while there are special except, exceptions that exist, like kidnapping, kidnapping period, unless that crime, that state-level crime, crosses a state line into another state, the feds don't have anything to do with it. So, like, so for example, if I'm smuggling drugs or weapons illegally, and I go from Texas to Oklahoma, then it's become a federal crime. Or if I'm if my crime involves interstate travel, it becomes federal. There's nothing for the FBI to investigate here. There, there, there's there's
1: zip, silch, nada, nothing. But they don't... In, okay, you know what? I'm not even going to say they
0: don't understand it. They understand it completely. This is nothing more than a smear tactic. It's a stall tactic used to discredit Kavanaugh. And it's really nothing personal against him. It's because Trump nominated him. That's the only reason. No matter who Trump put put up for nomination, the Democrats were going to attack that person and try to discredit them in hopes that they could keep that seat empty long enough for them to hopefully have their blue wave in November and take back the Senate, and then they could just sit there knocking down every, every nominee that Trump put forward. Here's another beautiful part about this. The left-wing magazine admits that it, quote, has not confirmed with other eyewitnesses that Kavanaugh was present at the party. So just like with Ford, there are no witnesses that can confirm whether he was there or not. This, this, is, some, this is some straight-up shadiness. Look, don't don't twist it. Don't twist what I've said so far about this whole deal. Say that oh, David doesn't care about women or when they're abused or when they're they're assaulted. That's not true. I firmly believe that if a woman or even a child, if they come forward and say I was assaulted, I was abused, I was hurt, that should be taken seriously. But then it needs to be passed off to the proper authorities so that an investigation can be conducted, and due process can begin. You can't sit there and accuse somebody of something and then not go anywhere with that accusation. That's not how this works. The law is the way it's written. It it is the way it is to protect people from false allegations. Now, another big problem with, with this whole Brett Kavanaugh thing is, Kavanaugh has been accused of a particularly heinous crime. He still has the right to face his accuser. So these ridiculous demands that Ford and her lawyer are making, uh, Kavanaugh has to testify first, Kavanaugh can't be in the same room, that's, that's bogus. One, you can't defend yourself against an allegation unless you know all the details of the allegation. Two, he has a right to face his accuser. There are too many idiots on the left right now spouting off that he needs to prove his innocence. No, he doesn't. It's the burden of the accuser and the burden of whatever authority is, comes into play to prove his guilt. He is innocent until proven guilty, not in a Senate hearing, not in the court of public opinion, not in the court of CNN or MSNBC, but in, the, in a proper court of law, that's how our system works.
1: And it has worked fairly well for, I mean, since 1776. Now,
0: there are, there are scumbags who slip through the cracks and they get away with their crimes. The law is not perfect. It's man, it, it was man-made and it's man-operated, so it will never be perfect. But it is the single best system on the face of this earth. Really, the Republicans should just throw it all out the window and confirm him. Just get it over with. This is this is just as stupid as the entire Russian collusion investigation, which has gone on for almost, what, two years now? And has turned up nothing except all the shady crap the Democrats were doing? So, no, just... just Confirm confirming. Let's move on with life. We have bigger fish to fry. Something else I want to I share with you fine folks that are apparently so bored and have nothing better to do with your lives that you're actually listening to me. This comes from PJ Media. Now, I will take every, every shot I can at Antifa because they're a terrorist group and they are the fascists they claim to fight. By Deborah Hine at PJ Media. In a post Thursday at far-left Antifa website Incendiary News, an activist advocated for revolutionaries to rise up and, quote, slaughter what he called, quote, fascistic Border Patrol dogs and their bosses. Far-left Watch reported on Friday. Disturbingly, Far-left activists have in recent months become more brazenly militant and violent in their rhetoric on their websites and social media as PJ Media has documented and I love this. It's here, 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 and here
1: and they're all links to what they're referencing. That's, that's pretty great. Well, well done, Deborah. That's, that's just perfect. The author of the incendiary news piece and that's the name of the actual outlet they have, incendiary news. Ulrike Salazar. All Alright, we're just going to call him Middle Earth Man. That sounds like a
0: name out of one of the Tolkien novels. So, Middle Earth Man likens Border Patrol agents to SS troops who, quote, take away young boys and girls, tear apart families, throw away undesirables into dark and cramped dungeons.
1: No Ulrich. No Middle Earth man. That's that's not what Border Patrol does at all. In fact, that's actually what all the human trafficking groups that the Democrat Party has been protecting, do. The cartels, the coyotes, groups like MS-13.
0: They're the ones abducting American children on a on pretty much a daily basis and selling them into sex slavery That your psychotic buddies in the Democrat Party keep protecting,
1: and that dumbasses like you also try to protect. So you have no moral high ground to stand on at all. Then, after decrying all of the so-called
0: atrocities committed by Border Patrol against illegal immigrants, Salazar writes, quote, This author only hopes that this chapter in American history will also include the the moment when revolutionaries rose up with the masses and slaughtered the fascistic Border
1: Patrol dogs and their bosses, slaying them with revolutionary fire and (laughs) justice. Good luck. Seriously, good luck on that. It's not going to go well for you.
0: In an attempt to fan the flames, Salazar adds... Who can read this, knowing the plight of the undocumented immigrant masses who struggle daily not for supremacy but basic economic survival, and have the gall
1: to suppress that uncontrollable rage that builds inside you What struggle are they What struggle do they have?
0: What plight? They come here illegally, and then they get free college, free health care, welfare benefits. They get a driver's license. They come here and live pretty damn good versus if I were to go to Mexico illegally, I would sit in a Mexican prison until they decided to either have me mysteriously disappeared or
1: release me back to the U.S. But I would still sit in that prison for a while. He also calls on fellow radicals to destroy the, quote, "...settler colonialism,
0: imperialism of customs and border protection, ICE, and the whole U.S.
1: government from without, not within, implying through mass violence." Okay. So Middle Earth man is fairly ignorant of history. Salazar goes on
0: to praise the Red Guards a Maoist group that hopes to duplicate in the United States the anarchy and terror Chairman Mao's Red Guards inflicted on China during the Cultural
1: Revolution of the 1960s and 1970s. There you go. Glorifying Mao,
0: one of the communist dictators that was responsible for the deaths of hundreds of thousands. The group identifies as, quote, anti fascist and it has cells throughout the United States. According to Far Left Watch, incendiary news is run by Red Guards Austin. I hope that's not Austin, Texas for their sake, because while Austin itself might be a liberal haven, it is a tiny blue island sitting in an ocean of red. And once you leave Austin city limits, you're back in Republican country, and they don't. They don't like you. Revolutionary organizations throughout the country, such as the Red Guards, appear to be organizing among the immigrant masses in forming defense (laughs) units. That's cute. Rallying around the shared slogan of Fight Ice with Fire. He writes, adding, The time for activism is over. Now is the time for war.
1: So... Basically, they're radicalizing immigrants into terrorist
0: cells. That's, that's what I take away from, from that. Now is the time to mobilize the masses, particularly the immigrant masses from Central America and Mexico, to exact revolutionary vengeance and seize power. Without it, everything is just empty words. End the barbarism. End U.S. imperialism. Okay. Now is the time to mobilize the masses particularly immigrant masses from Central America and Mexico. So you're advocating the, an invasion of the United States by, by foreign actors? Why isn't the FBI investigating this guy? So basically this just backs up what I'm saying. Antifa is a terrorist organization of fascists who are using propaganda and misinformation to radicalize immigrants who come here. That's outstanding. And the fact that he admits to this, really, seriously, why isn't there an an FBI investigation into this guy? Because he's sitting here talking about how he wants to radicalize immigrants into terrorist cells. But, you know, it's cool. It's cool. He's Antifa, he's fighting the evil imperialism of the United States, so it's perfectly okay. America is the single greatest force for good in the world. Our country is an exceptional country, a shining light on a hill. Wherever we go, freedom follows, literally. And it, now, it's not always the most simplified process. It's not always the most peaceful process. But the fact remains, the reason the world is free and functioning is because of the United States. If the United States didn't exist, the rest of the world would be under the subjugation of Russia, China, and all the other, all the other communist nations out there that have no respect
1: for anybody smaller than them. That's, that's reality. And then people
0: come here to our country illegally and they bash our system, and they bash our, our history, and they bash our morals and values, but they're just perfectly happy to take our, take our money. They, they sit there and they wave the, the flag of their home country and talk all kinds of trash about the U.S., but they will, they will take that EBT card in a heartbeat. That's, that's how it goes. In some more local news, Amber Geiger was fired by Dallas Police Chief Renee Hall. Apparently at a hearing this morning, the investigation into what happened with her and John in that apartment is still ongoing. I'm not going to dive too much into it because I'm still waiting for more facts to come out, for the investigation to be completed, and, and then I'll give my two cents. But I'm, I'm not going to make any assumptions. I'm going to let it play out. And when we have more clear-cut picture from the Texas Rangers, then you'll hear from me about it. There was another, another fantastic story that really just, it, it further illuminates the insanity of the left. Now, every so often, the left likes to turn on itself, start eating each other, stab each other in the back. It's, it's usually only a matter of time because they're, they're cannibals. Well, Steven, Louder with Crowder posted a, uh, a video from Al Jazeera. now I don't like Al Jazeera. I really don't. In fact, I actually hate Al Jazeera for a myriad of reasons. I, will, I don't have time to go into right now. But stay tuned because I will lay those reasons out in the future. It's a video of a pink-haired...
1: I I guess she's Irish or Scottish. She sounds like she's got a jar of peanut butter in her
0: mouth. Not like the actual jar, but like she went and got a spoon and went and just started shoveling the peanut butter into her mouth. And look, I've got a thick accent, and people can't always understand what I'm saying, but this is some next-level gargle going on. If the video starts out with, we need to talk about the problem with white feminism. Although there are different definitions, basically we're talking about white, cis, able-bodied women not acknowledging the struggles of women of color, people with disabilities, and the LGBT community. I I can never keep track of that because it's a big alphabet soup and it's constantly being added on to. And this is from Louder with Crowder. What an example? How about... The actor Gal Gadot, who constantly talks about feminine, feminism and equality, she played Wonder Woman and is also a feminist ambassador for Revlon. But The actor also supports the Israeli army, which oppresses Palestinian women on a daily basis. No, no they don't. The Israeli Defense Force really goes out of their way to protect civilians, even, even in doing so, placing themselves at greater risk.
1: You know who really oppresses is Palestinian women? The Palestinian Authority, who is basically also a terrorist group. They're right over there with Hezbollah and Hamas. So what can white
0: women do to change mainstream feminism? I think that the only thing white women can do to change mainstream white feminism is to step back and center the voices
1: on women of color. So, basically, we hate you because you're white. I mean, this entire thing is racist in itself. And there's a video, there, there's the actual video from AJ Plus.
0: That you know, it's, it's like this informational video where they're lecturing the rest of us on what's moral and right. But it's so nice to know that, they, that the left will still eat its own. When it, when it, when it gets hungry enough, it, it'll turn on itself and start chewing its own leg off. Gal Gadot is probably... She, she, is, she definitely sets a standard for women. She served in the Israeli Defense Force, if I'm not mistaken. And when she was filming Wonder Woman... All the fight scenes and the movement. She was five months pregnant. I would consider her like a legit woman. And she's not even white.
1: She's Israeli. She's Middle Eastern. She's not like... Not like the chick in the video who is actually Caucasian. So
0: it's... do you see the issue here? You have a a Caucasian woman telling a, a woman of a different ethnic group, a woman who's not Caucasian,
1: that her whiteness is a problem. What? That doesn't no. That's that's part of that detached reality the left lives in. They live in this weird alternate world, right, where the normal, the normal rules of reality don't apply.
0: Because everything is as the leftists will it. We're, we are currently locked in a cultural war. And the left was winning for a while, but we conservatives got so fed
1: up with their crap that we're starting to hit back. And thanks to the left, requiring us to hit back, we do, we
0: do have personalities like Ben Shapiro, Stephen Crowder, Dan Bongino. Congratulations, leftists. You're the ones who created guys like Stephen Crowder. Because had y'all not been so insane and y'all just let people live their lives and had you been rational people all along, Guys like Steven Crowder probably would have been just perfectly content to be a stand-up comic and just carry on with his comedy. But he got so tired of y'all's crap that he created Louder with Crowder and the Mug Club. And now he's smacking you back so hard, your heads are spinning. Ben Shapiro bitch slaps you on a daily
1: basis. Mark Levin hands it to you. You have all these... People now who are coming out of the
0: woodwork, and they're pushing back. Trump himself was a reaction to leftist craziness. Conservatives got tired of being used as doormats, being browbeaten for eight years. We got tired of it. Donald Trump is thanks to the Democrat Party. Because people got so tired of the extremism of the left, they found somebody who would hit back just as hard, and now you have Donald Trump.
1: Now, I do want to go over the debate between Ted Cruz and Robert O'Rourke. I won't call him Beto. He
0: ain't Hispanic. The dude's as white as I am. He's of Irish descent. He's Robert. If he wants to call
1: himself Beto, he can go for it. But I do want to go over the, uh, the debate on Friday night.
0: Basically, Beto, I'm sorry, Robert opened his mouth and about 15 minutes into the debate just started lying nonstop. And one of the big, one of the big things I want to tackle is when they were discussing the wall, and how to pay for the wall and eminent domain, which is just delicious coming from O'Rourke. So one of the first, one of the points he makes is the cost of the wall. Okay, compared to all the entitlement programs that, well, that illegals take up, compared to the money we sent to Iran,
1: compared to all the other money we put out in our budget, the wall is pocket change. And I, I'm actually
0: going to go into a proper application of the wall at a later, at, on another episode. So come back for that. because I've got some ideas. And I hope President Trump listens, because I've got some great ideas. But O'Rourke also brought up eminent domain. And he made this emotional plea about how all these people would lose their land because of eminent domain to build the
1: wall. That's rich coming from him. This is from Red State, written by Brandon Morse.
0: If you search online for articles that are critical of Democratic candidate for Senate, Beto O'Rourke, then you're going to have a relatively tough time. There are few and far between, with a few of them populating this site in particular. What you will find, however, are load, or a load of puff pieces about Ted Cruz's challenger. That is true. It is hard to find anything bad about him. You just you can't, because none of the big, none of the big outlets will publish anything bad about him. Most interestingly, O'Rourke said he wants to tackle corruption. With the media narrative making him seem pure as the driven snow, except for all the cool rebellious stuff he did when he was younger, it's easy for O'Rourke to make himself look like a bigger man than Cruz, and by extension, Trump. There is a problem here. The problem here is that all those media outlets that are so busy praising him are not reporting O'Rourke's corrupt past. He's had multiple shady dealings during his time in el paso city council including an odd set of payments to city representative susie bird's company moxie communications and consulting according to deep inside el paso for 2015 open secrets lists the top expenditure to vendors slash recipients and of those top expenditures there is an amount for $21,000 divided into 12 payments and a separate amount for $10,500 divided into six payments for a total of 31500 The payments are made to Moxie Communications and Consulting, which is owned by Byrd. This is odd, seeing how O'Rourke already had a communications director for his primary campaign, and he didn't really have any challengers for his seat. The curious thing is why the congressman needs to pay Byrd so much money when he already has a communications director, according to the Sunlight Foundation, quote, John Meza, end quote, is listed in this position. It could be that Byrd is using, is used in his re-election bid. However, O'Rourke had no serious opponent in the last election cycle. In a straight-ticket Democratic voting district, why would Byrd need to be paid so much money? This gets stranger when you hear that O'Rourke's past involves paying his own company money from political contributions to the tune of over $40,000 between 2014 and 2015. According to Heavy, O'Rourke is a very wealthy man due to multiple investments. InsideGov.com estimates his net worth at $9.5 million as of 2014. O'Rourke's network net worth is about 8.9 times more than the average member of Congress 11 times more than the average representative. According to Ken Webster at KPRC, an iHeart radio station, soon after he was elected to El Paso City Council, O'Rourke embraced the practice of eminent domain, which is essentially the legalized theft of private property on behalf of the government. O'Rourke displaced El Pasoans from their homes in order to invest in a revitalization project for El Paso around the early 2000s. It appeared that the newly-minted city councilman was seizing private land, then handing it over to developers for a cut of the cash. This resulted in Carmen Felix, a Democrat in El Paso, attempting to lead a recall on O'Rourke to get the corruption out. When confronted with a petition for his recall, O'Rourke seemed to change his tune about his love of eminent domain, but as Webster describes, This was all lip service. O'Rourke was soon at it again. In September of 2006, a group called the Land Grab Opponents of El Paso filed an ethics complaint against O'Rourke and the Paso del Norte Group, a company who was working with Beto on the development project. The project project reeked of corruption. It was revealed that O'Rourke's own company, Stanton Street Technology Group, was providing services to the Paso Paso del Norte Group, where O'Rourke's father-in-law just so happened to be a high-holding member. His father-in-law, his own company, and his political allies were all benefiting from this deal. In case you're not catching what I'm putting down there, down here, that's a textbook case of cronyism wrapped up in a nepotism sandwich. Beto allegedly used his political influence as an elected official to try to cut a profit for his own company and another company headed by his wife's father. The people of El Paso didn't like this news, and neither should you if
1: you're considering the possibility of Beto being the new junior senator for Texas, and that's all from that's all from Red State, and it goes on. I mean, they, they've they've got a pretty extensive article here detailing O'Rourke's love of eminent domain when it makes him money, and then O'Rourke attacked private corporations, big corporations, and the fact that they they do get
0: certain allowances from the government. Well, he he's all for government cronyism with with private business when it makes him money, but he wants to slap on new regulations and taxes onto big corporations, which is stupid. When you allow corporations to grow, you allow them to create jobs, increase wages, increase benefits, and and foster an overall economic growth. When you stifle them and make it hard for them to operate because they're having to shell out crap tons of money in taxes or they can't do this or that because of regulation, then you, all you end up doing is hurting the little guy who needs a job with that big corporation to provide for his family. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I still love mom and pop small businesses, and they are the lifeblood of our country. But big corporations also have their place, and they are, uh, they are a necessity. Are they always moral? No. Do they always do ethical things? No. Welcome to human nature. It was really funny. At the end of the debate, the moderators wanted Cruz and O'Rourke
1: to say something nice about the other. And you could tell that neither one of them were pleased about that. The, physic, the,
0: the, the pain O'Rourke felt having to say something nice about Cruz was very, very visible on his face. And Cruz was also visibly displeased. He, he did take,
1: a, take the opportunity to use it to make fun of O'Rourke, which I thought was great. But at the end of the day, O'Rourke, he's a liar. He's a scumbag. Not even,
0: not even bringing all his criminal, all his criminal past into it, the
1: DUI, the breaking and entering. He's just a scum, he's just a scumbag. And if you like O'Rourke, cool, good for you, you vote, vote your conscience, as Ted Cruz said.
0: I won't be voting for a socialist, I pray to God. Socialist does not end up representing me, in D.C. But it, it speaks to, it speaks to the truth that Democrats get to break the law. It, laws are for us peasants, are for us little people. They're not they're not for D.C. elites. And the and Democrats are never held to any standard of law.
1: I mean, just look at Keith Ellison. It came out that he abused women years ago. No one cares. Bill Clinton. No one cares. So, I mean, let's be honest. Congress is full of
0: situations where the representative was being inappropriate or harassing somebody and then had to shell out taxpayer money and settlement funds to get rid of the allegations. It's, Congress is full of that.
1: But Democrats are not held to the same laws as the rest of them. And it used to be a poli, you know, politician
0: period kind of thing where none of them were. But there's been a shift over the past few years where Republicans have their feet held to the fire and Democrats don't.
1: If the law was applied equally to them, there'd be a lot more of them in prison or at least pushed out of office.
0: Well, that's all I have for today. I know this is a relatively short episode. I look forward to seeing you all back on Wednesday. You, you can find us at reticlemedia.com. You can find us on Facebook. The podcast is on SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, uh, iTunes, Google Play. We're everywhere now. And hopefully soon I'll, I'll, we'll actually have some video Content created, and and we'll start doing video episodes. I'm looking forward to that. There's a little bit more equipment I need to get, but
1: I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Hope you all have a great Monday. Have a great afternoon, and I will see you all Wednesday.